Um, before we get uh, service started today, uh, I'd like to remind everyone to turn their cell phones to either silent or off. And if you need a physical Bible, please um, don't be afraid to ask. Uh, Cindy will get you one. Um, before our sermon today, we actually have a uh, short time of uh, sharing of testimony today. Um, like in by sharing up, that she has a testimony to share with us. Yeah, just a little preface uh, with Sharon. Uh, as many of you guys know, um, our father passed from COVID uh, recently, uh, about a month ago. Uh, but actually, about three months ago, her father uh, passed from COVID. Or not COVID, cancer. <laughs> yeah, and so really, like, we walked through the valley together. She, like, really was a comfort to me and my, my brother and uh, my brothers. And so just wanted to give her some time to share because... Uh, the Lord's just really uh, done a lot. You know, I think whenever uh, people go through such a valley and come out loving the Lord more, uh, it's really a testimony to the, the healing power and the grace of God in the valleys. So, go ahead. And she's a little nervous, so don't stare like, angrily at her. Don't stare at me. Yeah. somewhere else. Just, just smile at her and look in and just like, you know, encourage her, right? Um, this is her first time ever sharing a testimony, so... Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's why I have notes. <laughs> Just in case I lost my chase of thoughts, then I can come back and like, where am I? Oh, okay. Um, Priscilla came and asked me a few weeks ago um, if I could share a little bit about my thoughts and my walk uh, with the Lord since my dad um, passed a few months ago in, in New York City to cancer, like what she said. Um, if I have to be honest, I don't think I have all my thoughts gathered in the right, right place yet, um, especially looking at how well Priscilla and the family are doing. Um, I just don't think I'm there um, or can get anywhere they are at right now. Um, but I guess there's no really better or worse when it comes to walking a grief journey uh, with the Lord because everyone loves um, their loved ones deeply and grieves differently. So I'll share how God has held my hand so far during this journey and hope it will bring some comfort or healing to anyone uh, who was or is going through a loss. Um, a little bit about myself. I did not grow up in a Christian family as strong as Priscilla's. My grandma was on my dad's side was the first one became uh, a believer when my dad was about to get married. After he got married, my mom, who's a Buddhist, uh, both decided or compromised not to believe in anything. So even though he did not grow up in a Christian family, but the things that he does for me and my family really show us the reflection of Jesus inside of him. Um, he was a selfless and gentle father. Um, like many Fujianese people, um, I think only Jeff here can relate. <laughs> my dad came to America by himself uh, without knowing any English, um, started working as a chef in a Chinese restaurant, uh, eventually, he was blessed enough to own one for himself. Uh, ever since that he started owning his own restaurant, he worked very hard, harder than any man that I have ever known. Um, ever since he started his own restaurant, he worked almost every single day, except for big holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas. Um, he wanted to work hard, not for himself though, it, but for us, his family. He never hesitated to give me anything that I wanted uh, with the limited financial incomes that we have. Um, supported me to become the first college uh, generation college graduate of our family. 
Um, he's definitely a salt and anger type of person too. Um, he always has a sense of humor. Uh, doesn't get upset at things easily. Um, probably because he never really take anything in the world seriously enough to, to be worth angry about. Um, I don't recall a time he yelled at me or got mad at me at all. Um, on the other hand, I have yelled and got mad at him multiple times that sometimes I don't even remember why um, I got upset at him. But when he passed, um, many of these things eventually uh, make me guilty. Like the, the things that make me guilty became stronger. So one of one because I kept thinking about like why should I get upset or like for anything before, right? And then two is also I think like I, I did not make it to see him uh, before he passed. I was on the flight to see him uh, as he lost conscious in the morning the day he passed. So all these emotions started stirring inside of me. Um, I was having all these negative emotions at the beginning. Um, the sadness, the bitterness, or even a little angry. Um, I couldn't talk to God. I felt like I was not in the right place as a Christian. All these emotions come and go. Some days I'm better than the others. Um, even today, Joseph, stop crying. <laughs> I can't help myself, but I notice like on the corner of my eye, I was like, That's why I have my notes, so I know where I'm stopping at. Um, so all these emotions eventually was it was inside of me. I, I just didn't have a place to let it go anywhere. Um, and like even today, and something very small could trigger me all these emotions during this grief journey as well. Uh, I was a bit lost on how to grieve or what is the proper way of grieving as a Christian. Because we always heard that we should not, we should follow the spirit, not our emotions. So then I, then I find myself unintentionally turning away from my daily prayer or um, talk with God. But God knows. He started finding his way to talk to me as I didn't know how or when to talk to him. I, as I didn't know how to handle my emotions, uh, he came and, and explained to me through my daily devotional which I'm glad I kept at least one thing that is still connected to God, right? Um, the daily devotion that I was reading is about understanding your emotions. Uh, it stated that, as a quote, emotions are in the realm of soul. Our soul is the intangible area between our spirit, the place where God lives, and our physical body. It is made up of our mind, will, and emotions. It tells us what we think, what we want, and how we feel. Of all three areas of the soul, it's our feelings that get stirred up the fastest. Our souls may be strong, but our spirits can be stronger if we strengthen them. Don't let your emotions overpower your spirit. Spend time with him and read his words so he can give you the power you need to let by the spirit rather than the emotion. So after reading that devotional, it was a glimpse of light in my dark emotions. He was trying to tell me that it is okay to have emotions, whether it is being negative or positive. When he decided to create you and me, he knew exactly how or why we feel certain emotions. Um, as Jim Jen shared last week, right, how Jesus came to this world with human form from the very beginning. 
He was born as a baby. He cried the moment he was born. He wants to let me know that it is okay for me to have all these emotions because he's sad too. It's not about not having emotions at all. It's about how we cannot just sit there and let it empower our spirit. And when he realized that I'm overwhelmed with all these emotions I cannot take, he uses people around me. Um, God talked to me to, again through Joseph. Uh, his sermon about being thankful in the valley. Um, when Joseph cried and explained that it is okay to grieve because Jesus himself had grief in the Bible as well. That really provided me the biggest relief in my heart. Um, as I'm struggling... <laughs> <laughs> Joseph was like, I'm not looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, as I was struggling not to knowing um, if grieving is allowed or what is the proper way of grieving as a Christian, um, the words coming out of Joseph, who has much longer and um, mature relationship with God. Really gave me the answer that God was trying to tell me. I don't need to know how or what to grieve or how long can I grieve. I just need to know that it is okay to do so and that Jesus knows. He knows that how I feel, and he knows that not to rush me to go to get over this journey. But instead, he's telling me that he has a plan. And God's plan, when he knows that I'm not strong enough to do this alone, he placed different people in my life to walk with on on this journey with me, who has similar experiences as I do. God's plan worked in a way that even your suffering may become someone else's blessing. Amen. God uses people in a way that you and I might not necessarily understand, but he understands. Whether that being my best friend who lost her husband to a car accident a year ago, or Joseph who lost Papa Wan to COVID recently, I'm aching for them for their loss. Yet I know that they feel the same way as I do. And I'm not alone. Um, and I'm really grateful that we have each other. Amen. And that is one of God, God's greatest love for us that we oftentimes forget. He did not create us so that we can be alone with suffering. Yeah. He created us so that we may have the choice to, to choose the freedom and hope that he provides. Yeah. Um, it's very easy for us young Christians at the beginning to um, forget to talk to God. Mm-hmm. As we often get so excited at the beginning of the journey, right? We, it's when something's new, but then I realized that no one, well, I realized that the ones that who come across the finish line are the ones that who hang in there when no one is excited anymore. Yeah, yeah. So in my mind, I know that I need to hang in there for this journey. I still remember at the very, very beginning when my dad was diagnosed with cancer, I was holding in and like all my emotions really well. I was trying to be strong, supportive for my mom and my dad. Then I had a... A huge breakdown one day, as I couldn't hold it anymore. Um, please sanitize this microphone. 
So at the very beginning, um, you know, as I couldn't hold these emotions one day, uh, I, I cried only not, not only because of fear of losing my dad, but also the fear of losing God. I was afraid that I wouldn't be able to believe again if I lose my dad. So God knows, and he used Vic to encourage me on. Many times, when we forget that he is still always with us, we miss the words, the blessings that he keeps pouring onto us. Just like when Israelites were, were in the wilderness, all they were focusing on was just trying to arrive in the promised land. It looks like God let them wonder in, in there and that, that you know God never really answer any of the prayers that they, they are praying for. It looks it, it seems like that way. But then they did not realize that God is answering the prayers that they didn't pray for. For 40 years, their shoes didn't wear out. Fire lit their path each night. Every morning he sends mana, which is considered like a mercy bread from heaven to them. And I realized that I have overlooked that mana too that he blessed me with. From the beginning, as I thought that I, I will lose my dad very quickly to cancer, as we find out that he has cancer, God has helped me reveal several miracles on him. Um, even his doctor, seeing my dad, going back for visits back, you know, they were surprised. They call it somewhat of a miracle, too. They didn't think that my dad would survive that long. And God knows that I wasn't strong enough back then, so he gave me more time. He, he gave my dad more time. He helped me strengthen my faith in the past few years, whether through Bible study or harp and bowl. The mercy bread is there. The question is always, can you see it or are you counting it? Many times I've forgotten to count and many I have, over, I have to look hard for it and I found them. I've forgotten that he blessed all of us living in the same house when Vic got diagnosed with COVID. My dad, who has cancer, and I, who kissed the faith the night before, we were both protected by the Lord. I've forgotten that God blessed me with smoothest pregnancy, which many of you have witnessed. And so I have so many friends ask me, like, how or what did I do to have such good pregnancy? I've forgotten that God gave me, got my dad, my dad a good amount of time so that he gets to hear my child calling him grandpa. During this grief journey, it's hard to count the blessings, but I know they're there. Whether it is the flowers that my, my, my friends have sent on my dad's funeral that even they cannot attend due to pandemic, God knows that these flowers uh, will remind me that my friends who are thinking of me and they are all there with me. Or a week worth of meals that my friends have prepped together drop off outside of our door at late night when we arrive back from New York City. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry if I made up and cry again. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, yeah, my friends have, have dropped off a week worth of meals that, like, in the middle of the night when we arrive back with all encouragement notes sticking on each of the food that they made. Labels of when to eat what, so I don't have to worry about food for the whole week for my family, including Asha's food. Um, even more recently, as I started talking to God more and more frequently, he came and let me meet my dad briefly in a dream. And you guys all know about my dreams. <laughs> um, it was a dream that my mom and I saw my dad in a temple place. 
um, where he was not found inside the coven. He was outside next to his coven, dancing with several other people. When he saw us there, he came over and talked to us. He complained about his face being washed so roughly with a sense of humor as usual. And we realized that there's some sort of mark on his face. And he told us that it's a mark that only God's people will have wow. when they see him. Wow. He even hissed at my mom when he said that because he, he was saying how my mom would never understand because she's a Buddhist. And they woke me up as I was sobbing in, in the middle of the night. I cried not only because I missed my dad very much, but it was also a tear of joy of how much hope that a brief dream God has brought me. I, I still recall that my mom cried so much during the funeral. She's completely opposite of Mama One. She was crying and saying how she will never get to see my dad again, which I know it's only true in this earth. I can understand that as an unbeliever, there's no such thing as hope. I also understand that the pain of not being able to see my dad again on earth, but I have hope that no one can take it away from me. Yeah. That it is the only thing that I hold on or ever held so, have never ever held so tightly than before. It's a hope that I will get to see my dad again because I believe. Yes. Because I know I have a heavenly father who loves my dad even before he created him. Who loves my dad much, much more than I do. As Priscilla shared, it was honor to share someone that you love so deeply with God. Who also loves him ever more than you do. There's nothing else more encouraging than this. It's to know that God who loves us unconditionally provides us the hope and eternity love. I know many of us tend to look for explanation on why certain things happen certain ways. Or why our prayers are not being answered by him. At least for me at the beginning, I thought explanation would be helpful. And why does this have happened to me? Or why can't I just have a little bit more time with my dad? Um, but then when I look at my best friend, whose child only had a little less than a year with his father. Or Joseph Priscilla Johnny, who had 30 years of time with their father. But at the end, we all had to go through this. And if explanation will help, God will help roll us one. And I know he will. But the only thing that explanation will do for you to, uh, for, for us is for you to start argument with God. <laughs> and I don't think that we, any one of us want to do that. So rather than focusing on the whys and ifs, I choose to focus on just him. Just him alone. He who created us. He who uses all of us. The uncommon, the unlikely, the weak, the broken ones. And he who brings the blessings without us asking. He who gives me the daily bread and strength that so we may receive it what we need as we need it. And he who loves us and our loved ones more than we do. And he who provides the eternity of hope, promises that one day we'll all be united with him in a place where there will be no such thing as grief. <laughs> Thank you, Sharon. She, she practiced twice and she doesn't cry at all. She's my wife. Matching. I'm representing the comfort. Um, so, uh, thank you, Sharon, uh, Sharon for sharing with us. Um,
She, like I said, she practiced twice and she didn't cry at all. So, <laughs> I <wasn't just> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> so, um, next I'd like to invite Joseph up, actually, who's our speaker today. Uh, let's follow our right hand towards him, and then I will pray. Father, we just invite uh, your spirit to come down and be among us, Lord, and give strength to Joseph as he preaches your word today, and let your word reach every one of our hearts, Lord. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I was uh, so encouraged. So. Um, and uh, should I reset our sorry, everybody? Just uh, <laughs> man, I wonder how many tissue boxes we've gone through in the last like couple months. Putting, putting Kleenex, uh, keeping Kleenex in business. Um, so yeah, so praise God. Uh, just praise God for the testimony of the saints. You know, uh, Revelation says that the, the saints will overcome by the word of their testimony. By, uh, by the word of their testimony. So we just appreciate also um, sharing, just sharing your testimony, sharing that. Um, with this, it's such an encouragement. It helps us overcome. It helps us all overcome. Um, and uh, you know, Sharon was going to be sharing. Um, uh, Sharon was going to be sharing today. And um, so, you know, just in my heart, um, something that God has been speaking to me, and I want to share with everybody as well. Um, also, kind of ties in with what she was sharing. And I didn't know exactly what Sharon would be sharing, but I knew that. You know, I knew. It. I would probably cry. So, but um, but part of what she mentioned um, is something that even as um, you know, my dad's um, been with the Lord for about two months now. Um, something that Sharon touched on, and it's something that I've been kind of walking through, um, and that we all walk through, whether it's through through trials or things like that, um, is guilt. There's some guilt. Um, everybody has a little bit of guilt. Even all of us, um, you know, me and my sister, and my brother, have all shared moments of guilt, um, especially in the, in the midst of my dad passing. Sharon's sharing about, you know, even flying back and, uh, and missing, on, missing out on saying goodbye. Uh, and things like that really, uh, in the midst of uh, difficult times, we really struggle with, like, the importance of that. I know my brother, uh, I hope Johnny doesn't mind sharing this, but he, he's asked me, and I just like, do you think Dad was there when I got there? You know, he, uh, you know my dad, when my dad passed, John was, you know, um, a little bit later, but, um, you know, was I there? Or even my sister who shared with me, you know, just like in the uh, weeks, you know, leading up to before uh, my dad got sick, it was just like, did we spend uh, as much time with him as we could have? Or, uh, you know, <laughs> I remember one time, uh, just a couple months ago, I was like, I was like, hey, you know, like I'm gonna go out, with, you know, and watch this basketball game, um, and. Uh, my dad, for some reason, thought that like I was inviting him to watch the basketball game with me, but really I was going to go watch it with my friends. And like I'm getting ready to go out the door, and like I look behind, he's like right behind me, like ready to go out with me. I'm like, oh, oh, dad, I, I, I'm gonna go watch with with friends and stuff. He's like, oh, 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 okay. And so I'm like, let's oh, step back down. Uh, <laughs> I was like, he doesn't even know what basketball game it is, you know, but he, he's going to So, um, but you know, and I said this, you know. Um, small thing, but, uh, uh, you know, just, like, things like that that come up in your heart and, like, the accusers accuses you. Yeah. yeah. Accuse. My uh, sister um, was sharing with me also a similar story. Um, that, uh, you know, she was talking about, um, there was one time that, uh, yeah, I hope you don't mind me sharing, but, like, yeah, just, like, you know, she was tired, and, uh, and Dad was over here, 
to, to listen to her preach. And after she started preaching, uh, she was too tired to interact with anybody, so she just went home. You know, just went across the street. And uh, uh, I know that was kind of a moment later on of accusation and guilt. Mm, could have spent with that. Anyway, so that's the guilt that the accuser gives us um, in the midst of our trials. Um, and, uh, and boy, that's not from the Lord. And so I, I just want to share how God has helped me um, through that. And uh, I could think of no better person um, to, uh, to look at than Peter. Um, and, uh, and, and boy, Peter messes up a lot. And so like, it's an encouragement. So like, in, in the midst of like, trials and stuff, like, reading Peter um, has been such an encouragement. You know, because, boy, when we hear accusation, uh, we, we were talking this week, um, me and my sister and, and uh, Cindy and Becca and, and Jeff got to go to IHOP and uh, um, got to hear a, a, a really good teaching from a, a guy named Rob Parker. He was talking about the difference between uh, facts and truth. So facts, um, facts are something that, you know, it, it, it objectively is correct. So objectively correct, I missed out on opportunities to, to spend with my dad, for sure. You know, missed out. You know, that's true. That's true. Uh, that, that's a that's a fact, um, but truth is different because truth uh, truth is a person, and Jesus even said it, truth is the personal aspect of it. So you know, truth is what is Jesus speaking about that fact? Okay? So while that might be a fact that like I'm a sinner, the truth is that Jesus loves this sinner. You know, and if I just looked at the fact, I, I I would despair. I'm a sinner. That that that's that's a fact. But the truth is that God loved me so much that he's hanging something back across me. That's the truth. That's hopeful. So the truth is different than the fact. It's a very subtle, but it's a very important difference. It is person. Jesus says, I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Truth is a person. You know? um, and, and that's when we think that knowledge of facts is sufficient um, to, to get us where we need to go to understand things. Um, but really, you know, if, if I, I just want facts, I can read, you know, if you guys walk into the entrance right here, that there's like thousands of books on, on the wall right there. I can read every single one of those books and understand all the facts. But if I don't know Jesus, I don't have the truth. The truth is in person. Jesus. Knowing his heart is a person. Right. So, if we look at Peter, uh, Peter was a sinner. So, it's very clear <laughs> in the book of John, which is kind of unfair because I think John, the book, Gospel of John makes it the clearest. Uh, but, uh, you know, John just kind of rags on Peter, like, throughout, throughout the gospel. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into that. But they're friends, so uh, it's, it's good. Um, but, uh, um, but Peter um, learns uh, through, um, through his struggles, through his um, missteps, and we have so much to learn from it, and, and I've learned a lot from it, too. So uh, uh, somebody can pull up that, that first slide, but we're just going to dive into to John chapter 21. Um, this is the last book um, in the Gospel of John, and this is um, and Jesus. Um, Jesus has been Jesus has been crucified. He's risen from the dead. He's about to ascend to the Father. But before he goes, the last thing that he does, um, and it's something so important. I mean, he's you know the, the, the work is finished. The work is accomplished. He's died and, and and risen again. He's conquered death. But still, in the, one of the few times that he shows up again to the disciples, he comes. And specifically, it's for Peter to bring reconciliation to Peter. Because Peter, Peter's feeling very guilty. Right? So Peter's feeling guilty. Um, because what did Peter do? Uh, if you don't know, Peter denied Jesus three times. Right? Denied him in the midst of uh, Jesus' uh, trial um, before the Pharisees. He denied him three times. This is Peter who previously, before um, this, had said, you know, 
I will never deny you. I'm not, you know, Jesus, I'm, I'm 100%, I'm good, like, I, I, I will never deny you. And uh, how many times we, you know, we make promises that we can't keep. Peter made, made a promise he, could, he couldn't keep, um, and he didn't keep. Um, but Jesus, so graciously, right before he uh, ascends to the Father, um, shows himself to the disciples to bring a reconciliation to Peter, who's feeling just deeply guilty. So, <clears throat> Let's look, let's look into this um, into this chapter, and you know, as I was reading this chapter these last uh, few months, I was just so encouraged. You know, uh, uh, <clears throat> Sharon had touched about you know how some little things you know you, you never know when it's going to hit you. You know, these little things that remind you, um, and uh, boy, this chapter is just full of little things that like I think reminded Peter, uh, you know, of, of, of Jesus. Uh, and again, they're mourning, and the disciples are mourning, and Jesus, you know, Jesus died, the one that they had their hope in, you know, was crucified uh, and died. And uh, so, let's dive right in. So, John chapter 21. <clears throat> After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Um... And I, somebody in the midst of grieving, you, you can just see, like, you know, I, I, when, you're, when you're sad, sometimes you're just like, you know, I'm just going to go do this, fishing. You know, like, you go back to some of the things that, that you did before. And that's what Simon Peter did before. He was a fisherman before Jesus called him. But that was his occupation, that was his calling. And in the midst of grieving, he goes out. And just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And, uh, and that's one of those moments where, like, all of a sudden they, like, remember. Because that's the exact same way that Jesus called him in the beginning. He called him the first time. And they throw out their nets. They hadn't caught anything. They throw out their nets, and they all of a sudden they catch them. There's this big catch. And it's just those little reminders, like, Jesus... Also, just reminded them through that, that like you know, reminded them of him. I one one moment uh, that like I remembered, my dad was like, I was just filling gas, you know, I was just at the gas station, just like filling gas. That reminded me of my dad, you know, like so in the, in the midst of this uh, the grieving, like just these tiny things that, that remind us. Uh, but anyways, so Jesus uh, reminded them of 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 that first time, and then they realized, well, it's Jesus, it is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment where he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. I, I think that's beautiful because one of the stories of Peter is that, you know, when, when in the Sea of Galilee before, when there was a storm, Peter was one who was too scared to step out of the water. You know, he sees Jesus walking in the water. He's too scared. He says, Jesus, call me to, to, to come to you. And this time, when he sees Jesus, realizes that he throws himself into the water. <laughs> he throws himself in the water. He jumps into the water. And when, um, when Simon Peter threw himself into the sea, the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about 100 yards off. I, I love that John throws that in there, because he's like, Peter threw himself in the sea, but, but we came in the boat because we weren't really that far off. Like, <laughs> we're only 100 yards. Like, he didn't have to jump in the water to swim. Like, we just like, rode the boat back. It's like, they probably beat him there, you know, like, they, they just as fast. And, uh, I don't know how many of you guys have gotten the chance to watch The Chosen at all, um, but uh, just really beautiful in, in the way that, um, realizing that, man, the disciples were no different than us. Yeah. You know, they were people just like us. 
they loved, they laughed, you know, they, they, they joked with each other, they made fun of each other, um, and, uh, and, and so no different than us, and how beautiful to walk with, with other, um, other believers, uh, just like Sharon was, uh, was sharing with us, you know, just the body of believers walking together, how beautiful, you know, to, to, to live as a fa spiritual family together. You know, this, uh, God, in the Gospel of John, you know, every single time he talks about Peter, he, like, digs him a little bit. Like, this is the same gospel that when Jesus, um, when the, 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 uh, the women come back from the grave, they're like, he's not there. And John and Peter sprint to the grave, and John's like, I beat him there because Peter's slow. <laughs> like, I was the first one to get there, and Peter came later, and he's kind of slow. Like, yeah. um, but anyways, so <clears throat> it's beautiful. So the, they, they drag in the net full of fish, and they were not far from the land, but about 100 yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And uh, I, I didn't know this, but um, in, in, the, in the Greek there, the, the only other time that charcoal fire is mentioned uh, in the Bible um, is actually the night that Jesus, uh, the night that Jesus was betrayed. That's the only other time that this phrase charcoal fire is used. Uh, and it's that fire that's outside um, of the high priest's house. And that's the place where, where Peter denies Jesus. That same phrase, that charcoal fire. So John's already setting the scene. Like, it's very intentional. John is setting the scene that this is what this is about. This is about uh, Peter's reconciliation. Peter's, um, Jesus coming to, uh, to reconcile Peter, um, not for his own, like, benefit, but for Peter's, you know, for Peter's. Um, and so Jesus is setting the scene here. So when they got out of the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish. Um, 153 of them. Although there were so many, the fish, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. <clears throat> now this was the third time that Jesus had revealed, uh, Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Um, and Jesus comes back and he breaks bread with them. That same thing that he did the very night he was betrayed, he took communion with them with Peter, and they would not have missed that, that significance. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love? Sorry. Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know. Truly true, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk where you want. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. As he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. After saying this to him, uh, he said to him, follow me. And this passage um, has just given me so much um, challenge and so much comfort just in the last, uh, last few months. Because Peter um, is in a situation where he's grieving uh, 
and uh, uh, and he's also guilty. You know, he's guilty. He's feeling guilt. He's feeling shame. Uh, but Jesus comes to him uh, in, in this uh, in this way, and, um, and he asks him three times. You know, the same number of times that, that Peter denies him, he asks him three times for me again, and again. Do you love me? And uh, you know, I used when I used to read this passage, I was like, oh man, that's kind of like you know, when I was younger. I was like, oh man. Jesus really digging in for him, you know, like three times, like making him reaffirm again. But it's his mercy and his grace, you know, that he he, he comes to Peter and allows Peter to have this time uh, of reconciliation uh, with him. And um, and he uses it uh, to bring him comfort. And um, <clears throat> and the, the phrase that gets, uh, that's really got me the last, and challenged me the last um the last month or so uh, is that verse in, in 15. You know, when they finish breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? You love me more than these. You, know, uh, you love me more than um, these things. I felt, I felt God just asking me that in the midst of, of my guilt and this of grieving. Do you love me more than these? And the these are, can be anything, you know, anything in my life. Um, the, uh, do you love me more than than your occupation, you know, Peter's going back to fishing, you know, did you love me more than these? Do you love me more than, um, I felt like my, felt like God is asking me, do you love me more than you love your dad? Oh boy, that was a really hard question. Tough. But in God asking me that question, it's his mercy for me to realign my understanding, my thinking. Like, yeah, Jesus, I do love you more. I love you more, because that's the only good way. That's the only way that I can truly love my dad because my love is not strong enough. You know, my love is not strong enough to, um, you know, everything we do, we, we can't without even worrying add a single hour to our lives. My my love is not strong enough to save my dad. You know, it wasn't strong enough to do that. None of us, are, none of our human love is. You know, none of it is. Um, only Jesus' love is strong enough. So if we put him first. That is his mercy to 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 realign all the right loves in our life, even if they're good loves. Loving our, you know, we love our, our, our families, we love, you know, um, other people that we, we love. Um, but if Jesus, if our love for Jesus is not number one, then all those loves um, become idols. Yeah. All those loves become idols. And the problem is not just that, that Jesus wants and should have and ought to have and deserves the number one, the primacy, um, the, the utmost love in our heart. Uh, but also the problem is that when we elevate those other things above him, uh, we fail at them because you know, you depend. No matter how much I love you know, my dad, no matter how much I love my mom, I, I can't save them. I can't hold on to them. You know, my love is not strong enough. My love is, is, isn't good enough. It is good faith. But if I have the love of Jesus and I put Jesus first, Jesus' love is strong enough to do all this. Only Jesus' love can conquer the grave. And that goes for anything in our lives. Anything above Jesus becomes an idol. You know, the, uh, you know when, when I think about career and things like that. Uh, you know, just like Peter returned to fishing, you know, uh, our jobs and our occupations give us uh, uh, so much meaning in our lives. And sometimes occupy our lives, and, and really, this last couple of months, I'm really thinking about man, how much does my job occupy who I am. Our, our identities are very caught up in, in, in our jobs and work. You know, when you first meet somebody, you know, one of the first questions you ask them is like, "Oh, what do you do?" You know, "What do you do?" You know, your, your job is um, part of your identity, and and, uh, and oftentimes that's what people turn to uh, in these difficult times. You know, when I first went back to work, um, one of my uh, one of my coworkers, very well-meaning, you know, and intention, intending to mean well, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's really good to have you back. It must be good for you to be back too, you know, be back at work, like be distracted and, and stuff. And I was like, 
thanks, you know, <laughs> not super helpful, not, not super helpful, but, um, but, uh, you know, that, that, that identity is often tied up in what you do, you know, I'm, you know, like, I'm, I'm a doctor, I'm a teacher, I'm a, you know, engineer, you know, so oftentimes that identity, and, uh, and you know, before Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they, they were disciples, you know, and, um, and, and who do people, when, when they think about you, who, who do they think of you as? We think of Peter, you know, we think of Peter the fisherman, or we think of Peter the disciple. And, uh, um, and in, this, in, this, in this passage, when Jesus asking Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter was like, is your identity more as, as a fisherman, as a friend, as a well, possible, or as a lover of Jesus? That's number one. And even just this last month, kind of realizing uh, what so much of my identity being tied into other things, being a son, you know, my dad, being a son for my mom, being a brother for my siblings, being being a doctor in my career, all these all these identities and, 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 and things that are good, you know, it's good to be a good son, it's good to be a good sibling, it's good to be a good your occupation and committed to what God has called you to. But if I love any of those things over Jesus, do you love me more than these? That's the question at the end of the day. And uh, really being challenged by it, I think that's God speaking to each of us. Um, you know, do you love me more than, than these? Anything in your life, think about things in your life and um, do you, do we love Jesus more? Do we love Jesus more? Do we love Jesus more than, than even the good things? You know, they can share our parents. That's beautiful. They love their kids. But do we like Jesus more? My mom, I, I love my mom so much. You know, you know, with my mom, my mom, and dad, and who I love most of my life. But do I love Jesus more? That's really hard. It's really hard. Really hard. But only He deserves that love. Because, uh, and it's a mercy to remind me of that, because one day I'm going to lose my mom too. You know? and if I don't love Jesus more, it's just going to continue to break me. Because again, we're not strong enough. Our love is not strong enough. It is. And so, uh, if we elevate those things above, uh, we're, we're going to lose them. We're going to mess them up. <clears throat> no matter how strong our love, we can't hold on. So it's his mercy and grace to realign us, to understand that only he's deserving our number one love. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting. We're wasting away. You know, our bodies, bodies are wasting away. You know, our days are numbered. Um, again, you know, like Jesus said, we can't, by worrying, add a single hour to our lives. I'm really encouraged by my sister, and this isn't something new that she did after my dad. For the last, like, few years, my sister, she actually, it sounds kind of morbid, but I think it's wise, she actually keeps in her calendar a check mark of number of years, and she just checks them off each year. She counts. She actually is counting her days. Feel her death, you know. Think about that. Not just like a fascination with death way, but in a more way to, to understand that everything that our days are numbered. You know, Moses um, in, in Psalm ninety, been reading a lot of the Psalms, and Moses only writes one Psalm. But Psalm ninety says, "In all, for all our days pass away under your wrath. We bring our years to an end like a sigh. The years of our life are seventy, or even by reason of strength eighty. If there's famous but toil and trouble, they're soon gone and we fly away. We have to number our days. I don't know how many years my sister has on her calendar thing, but um, how many years do you have on that, Jeff? Seven. You know, you counted it seventy. Okay. Moses says you can add ten. You can make it eighty if you want to. But um, and uh, but yeah, all every uh, our our days are numbered. Every everything that we value, you know, our, our health. Exercise, fitness—you know—we we can't keep it up by the strength of our own efforts. We can't, we can't add another hour. 
you know, our appearance, our attractiveness, everything wastes away. We can't stop it. Even our relationships, you know, no matter how good they are, our relationships are wearing away. Tim Keller is his pastor in New York, and I, I really like his, um, his books a lot, but he says, you get a group of friends around you, and time and circumstance will eventually pull you apart. C.S. Lewis once wrote, all human relationships end in pain. That's not a, not, 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 uh, if you think about it, I mean, it's kind of depressing, but like, it's true, everything, we, we can't hold on to it. All your close friends, I mean, I think about my close friends from college, and like, you know, no matter how close our friendship together, like, you know, at some point, for good reasons, that they'll, you know, our, our relationship will drift apart, we can't hold on to it. They get married, they move away, um, and uh, at the very end, always, there's death, we can't hold on to those relationships, and all those human relationships will end in pain. Some sort of separation. They all have to. Because we can't we can't love each other. Because our love is not strong enough. Um, even our skills, you know, when we when we love our occupation very much, all our skills will fade away. I mean, you can't stay um, as the best forever, you know. Um, I, I think about even at, in, in my career as a, as a, as a physician, um, we, we recently had some doctors um, retire and like, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, like thank them for their service. One of them, though, I know that, like, he was actually, like, forced to retire. The hospital was like, you need to stop. Because, <laughs> like, he's very old. He was, like, almost 80. And, like, you know, at that point, like, you know, he was a great doctor for many, many years. And, like, you know, the, the hospital loved him for his service. And I actually forced him to retire because, like, he was, like, some things he was doing were kind of dangerous, you know? Or, like, he wasn't able to stay on top of his game, you know? So no matter how good or smart or wise or capable, whatever we are, it's all going to fade. It's all going to fade. It's all going to fade. Because we can't hold on to it. Those good relationships, um, those good skills that we have, our health, our bodies, all of it's going to fade. The only rock, uh, the only rock is Jesus. Amen. The only love that's strong enough Amen. is Jesus' love. Amen. So, uh, and so Jesus asks us and says, you know, do you love me more? You know, and, um, and so just being caught by that, this last, this last month, do I love you more? More than all of these, more than these. And so my hope and my prayer is that um, that you that we would all be encouraged by that, but also challenged by that. The Holy Spirit, even right now, you know, as we think about things in our lives that we value, good things, good things. You know, it doesn't even have to be bad things. Bad, you know, it doesn't. Idols won't have to be, you know, inherently just bad things. Idols are anything above Jesus. Just living and thinking, allowing the Holy Spirit to stir in our hearts. What do I love that I love more than Jesus? Is it my career? Is it money? Is it popularity? Acceptance? These are even the good things, relationships. I love, I love my dad more than you, Jesus. Boy, when he asked me that, I was just doing it. Man, I love him so much, so much. But that strong love, which is the strongest that I can muster, the strongest love, my, um, you know, I couldn't, couldn't save it. I couldn't save it. But um, if I rely on my own love, you know, it's going to fail me. Just like my body's going to fail me, my mind's going to fail me, my skills and talents are going to fail me one day. Um, but if Jesus is the number one, I said, Jesus, you know things. I love you more than all these. That love never fails. That love is the strong love. That is the love that conquers death. Uh, so no matter what we go through, uh, we can be encouraged. Um, because if we put Jesus as number one, that's the only rock that can fail. So, um, so yeah, so let's, let, let's, let's pray. Uh, and uh, I just want to give time um, for all of us to meditate on that, to meditate on that, uh, to just kind of realign everything in our lives, realign everything in our hearts, to like Peter, uh, to say to Jesus, yeah, no, 
Jesus, yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Even in the times that I denied you or have, uh, in the times that I feel guilty uh, remembering and putting you first, um, that, that's, the right, that's the right alignment in my heart. That Jesus, you would come and have, that yeah, you would have your place in the center of my heart. So just, you just bow your heads to me and, and, and we'll spend some time in praying. Just allow the Holy Spirit to identify those things in our hearts that we put above Jesus. Even good things. Whatever that might be. Thank you. 